Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Well, everybody was all uh, calmed down and thought this holiday season will probably go off without a hitch. And then a car explodes at the Rainbow Bridge in Niagara Falls. Apparently, two suspects are dead, and they seem to be calling it a terrorist attack, although there's no real information coming forward, or at least I can't find any. Uh, It's a bunch of headlines, and I saw earlier on one of the cable news stations I was passing by and saw that it has been declared a terrorist act. Now, I don't re- I'm not even familiar with the Rainbow Bridge. That's not one of the big entry points from Canada to America. And I was just trying to wrap my mind around like what is the thought behind you know having a car explode on a bridge leading from Canada to America other than terror. You know, it, there's it strikes fear into the hearts of people on a weekend when they're all planning on traveling. On a week, really, a weekday. Now, of course, you've already seen all kinds of alerts. Now, they don't want to call them terror alerts. God forbid we should say terror alert, which is actually what we're talking about. But there have been all these alerts about New York City's Thanksgiving Day Parade, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It's a pretty big event. Pretty well uh, attended event pretty well-publicized event, and a pretty well, shall we say, choreographed event, meaning most people know everything, the route. They know what stations will be covering the events. They know who will be at these events. So if you're planning on doing something horrific, that might be a, a target. I mean, there's no... I don't think anybody questions that there's always that possibility. Now, do we stop living our lives? Do we hide under the desk? I remember when I was a kid and they'd have these, I I can't even now wrap my mind around how ridiculous the thinking was, but they'd have these nuclear trials where all the kids would get underneath their desk as though that was going to save us if a nuclear bomb was dropped on America. But hey, I remember as a kid thinking like there was safety under my desk and I was okay with that. But we now know there is really, mm, there's not much safety. If there is a nuclear war, it will escalate quickly and the world will never be the same. We know that, which is why people have held off even crazy people, like Vladimir Putin, who's today in the news 
or at least in some of the news that I'm reading. And he has said that he is ready. This is amazing to me. He is ready to talk peace. Now, I don't, I don't pretend to understand what the guys like Vladimir Putin think. But when he says he's ready to end the war in Ukraine and calls it a tragedy, two things occur to me. One is he's running out of troops. He's running out of weaponry. He's running out of any kind of goodwill except for a handful of other despots. And he's not, he doesn't look that well. So it's definitely aging him. He sent his troops into Ukraine, what is it, a year ago, February? So it's a year and a half now. And now he's saying that the only reason they're still fighting is because of Zelensky. Because both sides have lost thousands of soldiers. And that doesn't even begin to estimate the amount of civilian deaths that have been seen in the nation of Ukraine. So he's going to be making a speech at the end of the G20 meeting in which it is rumored that he is going to ask for the help of the world leaders to work out some kind of strategy for ending the war. He had a virtual meeting on Wednesday where he said military actions are always a tragedy. And of course, we should think about how to stop this tragedy. And he's, then he made a statement, which I think is really bizarre. He said that Russia has never refused peace talks with Ukraine. That is certainly not my memory. He has said he was not interested in peace talks. So I don't know where that came out of left field. Ukrainian President Zelensky said that peace talks between him and Putin are impossible. So now we're going to find out, like, who's serious and who's blinking, which should be interesting, because Putin is not known to, uh, to be blinker, a blinker, as they say. So we'll see. I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that he's taken so many losses, heavy losses, that the people back in Russia are not happy. And, and they don't want to go into the military. They don't want to spend any money on it. And we'll see. He's been trying to bring a whole lot of the African nations into their sphere of influence. So we'll see. I, I, I just, I never say never. But I would find it extremely difficult to believe that Vladimir Putin is going to talk a peace deal that works at all for Zelensky and the people in the Ukraine. He, they've already, how many you know, times have they tried to kill Zelensky? I think I was reading a story the other day that said he'd been, there were assassination attempts against him um, in the double digits. So more than 10. And we'll see. People don't know what to make of that war. They're not interested in it anymore. We got a war in the Middle East that's taking up a lot more of our media time and attention because, of course, there we can paint America as the bad guys, and the media loves that. American media loves it, and the media from Europe loves it, so it's a win-win for them. So I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. If you were planning on going away this weekend, and I can raise my hand, 
I'll be driving to a distant city in Florida, but I am not going to be nervous about it, and I am not going to allow terrorists and the threat of terrorism to make me stop living, especially to stop living in these very unique ways that Americans celebrate occasions, whether it's families getting together, coming from all over. I have a number of friends who have family members who flew in this morning, flew in last night. People will be flying in all day today, all evening today. And so I'm a big proponent of act as if you're not scared. Because even if you are scared, don't let the enemy know. They They can smell fear. And fear emboldens them. The last thing you want to do is embolden the morons that think they can literally get the world to bend to their stupidity. And that's what this is. Anybody who blow up a bomb on the Rainbow Bridge and think like, well, the whole world is going to shut down. No, they're not. There'll still be a Thanksgiving Day parade. And there'll still be events and family gatherings and all the rest of it, at least here in this country. We, we got through 9-11. We've got, we, we all got through World War II. Practically every nation was impacted in one way or another. And we will get through this. Of that, I have no question. Now, as far as this deal, this deal that was struck between the Palestinian Authority, essentially, and Israel, brokered by Qatar, and, and they're saying it was brokered by the United States, although if Anthony Blinken is who you send to broker a deal... I'm figuring uh, he had a very small, minor part, maybe promised money. It's about all I can see him uh, being able to do. But they're saying, everyone is saying on both sides, that the cabinet in Israel approved the deal. And what we're going to see happen, and mind you, the negotiations that took place were not between the Palestinian Authority and Israel. No, Qatar was leading negotiations between Israel and Hamas. Hamas is a militant group, an Islamic militant group that has been running Gaza into the ground for 16 years. Now, whatever part the United States and Egypt also um, played in these stop-and-go talks, we'll find out before long. Hostage releases are supposed to begin in about a day, maybe 24 hours after the deal is finally approved by everybody. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's office made no mention of the release of Palestinian prisoners or increasing humanitarian aid um, when it confirmed that the cabinet had approved the deal. The government of Israel is committed to bringing all of the hostages home. Tonight, the government approved the outline for the first stage of achieving this goal. And this was a six-hour meeting that took place all night in the cabinet. And Netanyahu said the war against Hamas is not over, and it's going to resume the minute the truce expires. We are at war, and we will continue the war. We will continue until we achieve all our goals. Which leads me to believe that the Palestinians know that the war is not over as long as they have hostages 
they're in a position to negotiate. The minute they have no more hostages, it's pretty much game over. That's the simple reality of war. An Israeli strike on southern Lebanon just now, uh, another strike. As a matter of fact, uh, really kind of scary how many strikes there have been. So extended pause, which is what they're calling it, is not a ceasefire. And they're not going to release all the hostages. They're just releasing, as far as I understand, 50 of the Israeli and possibly American hostages are to be released, primarily women and children and families, in exchange for 150 Palestinians who are currently in jail. But they're not hostages. They're in jail for crimes that they committed. And when we say children, we're talking about a people that will send a 13-year-old or a 15-year-old with a bomb strapped to them. So these are terrorists who are incarcerated in Israel that are going to be given in exchange for innocent civilians that were held that are being held hostage underneath hospitals and in tunnels under Gaza. Doesn't sound like a fair deal to me. Just saying. But that's not up to us. Joe Biden, our president, don't worry. He's 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 monitoring it all from uh, Nantucket where he is for the Thanksgiving holiday. And he said, I won't stop until they're all released. Won't stop what, Joe, eating pumpkin pie? I don't know what he's doing. But these are the moments when you really have to miss a guy like George Bush or a guy like Donald Trump who didn't go on vacation when there were hostages. This is truly in the Obama mold. Anyway, don't forget to download our app, the 850 WFTL app. That way you can listen to the No Restraint podcast and all the other great podcasts that the station has for you. You can also participate in our contest. But if you don't like downloading apps, and some people don't, just visit the website regularly. That's 850WFTL.com. I'm going to take a quick break, and I will be right back. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Trying to guess which rock star it was, right? Most of us are thinking like probably Ozzy Osbourne or somebody like that. But it is the holiday season. And I think we're all trying to get into the holiday spirit. I know I am. But it's not easy. It's not easy when you understand that you have devastating airstrikes going on right now. You know, I slept in my bed last night. I woke up, there was... You know, running water, food in my refrigerator, gasoline, fuel in my car. But I need to be reminded when I'm thinking about all the various things that I'm grateful for, how many people did not have that experience when they woke up this morning? How many children didn't know when they would get ever see their home again? How many how many family members of hostages 
weren't sure if they would ever see their loved ones again. So I, I am trying to be mindful that I, in fact, have a lot to be grateful for. But it also comes with a responsibility. And that responsibility is to share as much accurate news as possible. It is obscene how many fake stories are out there. And, and just, I don't understand why. Why would people want to say the kinds of things? Look, you know, I, have, I don't expect anything better from Susan Sarandon than what we saw, you know, with her literally saying now Jews know what it feels like to be a Muslim living in America. It, I beg your pardon, Susan. You know, if you're a Muslim living in America, you could run for Congress and win. Is that what you want Jews to know? I think right now there's probably uh, as many. No, uh, there's more Muslims in the United States Congress than there are Jews. But don't confuse you know, the, the left and don't confuse the media with actual data and, and facts because they don't like that. They are all emotional and they're having a very emotional time dealing with this war. Oh, well, you know, you cause most of the wars. I was looking at another article today where they were talking about how there's a whole movement in California makes me happy because I still have two very smart but moronic <laughs> adult children who live in, one in San Francisco, one in Los Angeles, raising families there. For the life of me, can't understand that. When crime is running wild. You know, my daughter will say things like, well, you get an exaggerated version of the news. Okay, well, let's cut it in half. Let's say that I'm hearing twice as much bad news as there actually is. It's still way too much. You know, to hear about how they were able to clean up San Francisco for this, you know, Asian Pacific conference and all the homeless people that were living on the streets weren't on the streets anymore. All of the junkies lying on the sidewalks weren't lying on the sidewalks anymore. So you can do it, but you're not motivated to do it to make life better for American citizens. You were motivated so that Xi Jinping would see that. That's infuriating. And apparently a lot of Californians are justly infuriated about that. And so I don't blame them. They're also infuriated by the fact that it is now not against the law to steal stuff in California. As long as you keep your stealing below $999, so you could steal $800 worth of merchandise and just walk out of a store, and it's a misdemeanor. So you're basically not going to be prosecuted. These left-wing DAs, that George Soros installed all over the country, but in particular, you can see them in these areas, in these very lefty, you know, blue areas like San Francisco. And now, I guess it's Oakland where this female uh, DA, Paige, she's, she's like claiming victory. People are afraid to leave their homes. 
People can't shop at a store without having the clerk come over and unlock a cabinet so that you can get, a, I don't know, a pack of gum out of, out of it. It's insane that you would accept living like that in a state where the taxes are probably the highest they are anywhere in the country. If not the, the highest, they're the second highest. And yet people not only tolerate this nonsense, but they continue to support the party that has inflicted all this pain and suffering on them. I heard Dan Bongino earlier in his show talking about how imagine being like a poor person living in San Francisco area in in Oakland, and every year you can anticipate that there'll be some, you know, non-governmental agency will come out and offer free turkeys for your family and you wait in line and you get that turkey and you're grateful and you take it home and your family's able to celebrate Thanksgiving, right? So this time, these people show up to get their turkeys. I believe it was Alameda County. They show up to get their turkeys, but even though they got there an hour or two early from this, you know, supposed beginning of the giveaway... The illegal immigrants got there last night. And so they got all the turkeys. How long before you think, and this is what Bongino was talking about, how long before you think American citizens are going to have had enough of that? It's hard out here. There are lots of people who are struggling right now. And so when they see even the the charitable largesse of a nation like ours, where charity is probably higher than it is anywhere else in the world. How do you think, how long you think they're going to put up with watching what normally would alleviate some of their suffering going to people who stole into the country? I'm, you know, I think he talked about it as Hunger Games. I don't know what that means. I didn't see the movie. But I did see Mad Max, and I did see, uh, I do see they have tons of these apocalyptic movies out now where basically if you keep pushing poor Americans into a corner and they're watching illegal immigrants obtain all the benefits that they need themselves, how long do you think they're going to stay passive? Because I don't believe it's going to be for very long. And if it's not going to be for very long, then what? Are we going to position ourselves on the side of other American citizens or on the side of illegal immigrants? That's a really kind of a deep question that we keep glossing over. Better not gloss over it much longer. Because when the uh, proverbial poop hits the fan, you and I are going to be downstream. And that could be a very scary place. Anyway, let me take a break. You're listening to the Thanksgiving Eve. Is there such a thing as Thanksgiving Eve? Well, if it is, this is it. And this is the Thanksgiving Eve show. I do want to let you know that tomorrow I'm doing kind of a tribute to to Rush Limbaugh in a way. And, you know, the way he used to talk about Thanksgiving. And it's interesting because he had a very, you know, he wrote all those books for children about patriotism and and the founding fathers and stuff. And so uh, I tapped into that. 
for tomorrow's show. And if you're interested in knowing what the real story is about Thanksgiving, not the story that you're going to get from, actually, it's closer to the story of Charlie Brown than it is from what you're getting in the average history textbook these days. But if you want to hear that story, that's what I'll be uh, talking about tomorrow. In the meantime, let me take a quick break. You stay right where you are. So uh, one of my friend's sons was uh, kind of joking around, and he said that, you know, maybe it's one of these electric vehicles that blew up on the Rainbow Bridge. Nah, I don't think so. The FBI's bureau in Buffalo wrote on social media that it launched an investigation and they're coordinating with local officials. The situation is very fluid, and that's all we can say at this time. What we do know is there was a vehicle that was attempting to enter the United States side of the border. And so the office of the mayor in Niagara Falls said, that's it, we don't know much, just that this vehicle was trying to come into the U.S., and now both sides of the bridge are shut down. Of course, the moronic governor, Kathy Hochul, released a statement saying, that she was briefed on the situation at the bridge. Well, that makes me feel a whole lot better, right? She said, at my direction, the New York State Police is actively working with the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force to monitor all points of entry to New York. I am traveling to Buffalo to meet with law enforcement and emergency responders and will update New Yorkers when more information becomes available. I'm just wondering, like, wouldn't it be appropriate for like the president of the United States or at least a member of his administration to head on up there? Even if it is the Thanksgiving holiday, don't count on it. As a matter of fact, count, count it out. Not going to happen. They are the most detached from the American experience administration that I've ever seen. I thought the Obama administration was detached from most of America, certainly from middle America, but this one's even worse. This one can't take the temperature of a room when they're standing in the middle of it. And, and it's, it's very frustrating because half of the time, the only thing I read about the FBI is that they're actually investigating or probing the mayor of New York City. Uh, there are whistleblowers telling us that the FBI is literally uh, conducting all kinds of nefarious kinds of investigations. We don't need much proof of that. We have lived through the uh, Russia collusion nightmare this is just amazing to me how agencies that we used to have so much respect for, that we used to hold up and say, we do this better than anyone in the world, now are all suspect themselves. Now we don't trust them at all. Now, you know, I'm wondering, would we be better off if the Erie County Sheriff sends in, sends in a bomb squad or should we call in the FBI? Well, really, you can call in even the CIA. This is now involves two countries. 
there were all these anonymously sourced reports earlier that when I first heard about this in in the uh, 2 o'clock hour, the 1 or 2 o'clock hour, I don't remember when it first came across the news, they were saying that it was that the incident was most likely, this was their words, terror-related, and that the explosives were located inside of a vehicle and that the two people who were inside that vehicle were dead. And then that the bridge was shut down at about 11.51 this morning. So that's about right. I heard it heard it first in the 1 or 2 o'clock hour today because the news doesn't travel in seconds anymore, even though it seems like it does. Video footage shows smoke all over the bridge and bystanders, because, you know, now you can't have an event take place and there not be like nine cell phone videos that are immediately posted on social media. And they show flames on the pavement and a security booth that was, looked like it had been, if not on fire, at least singed by some flames. And this is the area where the U.S. Customs and Border Protection operate out of at this entry point. One of the witnesses who spoke to one of the local television stations up there said he saw a vehicle speeding towards the crossing from the U.S. side of the border when it swerved to avoid another car, crashed into a fence, and exploded. He said all of a sudden he went up in the air, and, and then it was like a ball of fire, like 30 or 40 feet high. I never saw anything like it. So they closed the bridge, and at the beginning they were just saying it was a crash. According to U.S. Customs and Border Protection, there are four points of entry in that area, in near Buffalo. And as of 2 o'clock today, when I, just before I came on the air, the website from Customs and Border Protection, the website says that lanes are closed on both sides of the bridge and that now they had closed down all four of the other uh, crossings. The Niagara Falls police said the bridge was closed after what they called an incident involving a vehicle coming into the United States. So first, it's a vehicle leaving the United States, then it's a vehicle coming into the United States, now it's we're not sure. How do we get less sure as the time goes by and we're looking at all this video? Now, there's going to be increased security everywhere, and that's appropriate. I would not travel today if I could avoid it. You know, tomorrow I'll be in a vehicle traveling, but I feel a little more confident traveling in the state of Florida in a vehicle than I would be crossing a border, coming in from Mexico to America or coming in from Canada to America or going in the other direction. Jean, Karine Jean-Pierre, I can't believe she's still White House press secretary. You don't have to forgive me, but she, she has to be like the worst press secretary ever. But she was on X, where, by the way, the president now has a presence on X, formerly known as Twitter. And she said, we're all been briefed and we're closely following developments. Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau told members of parliament that they were 
I love this. We're taking this extraordinarily seriously. What does that mean? Maybe like a, a few details might help. You know, what are you going to do? Are you going to take uh, additional measures at the crossings? Are you going to shut down the border? Are you communicating with the president of the United States? Like, what does that mean that you're taking it seriously? I'm taking it seriously, but I'm not, I, guess not, I can't do anything about it. You, on the other hand, actually uh, do have some power and some ability. The, the bridge is about 1,440 feet in length, and it's a steel structure. The bridge was constructed in 1941, so it's probably in pretty good shape. Well, not anymore, but it was. So these are the kinds of stories that you can expect. We can only hope and pray that we don't see a lot more of these kinds of scary events take place over the next three or four days leading into the the Christmas, the Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa season. But if I were a betting kind of person, and I'm not, my money would be on, there'll be more. Right now, we're looking at a very volatile world with a lot of people very upset and willing to do just about anything to get attention. So stay safe. That's all I can tell you. Be careful. Keep your eyes open. Keep your head on a swivel. Don't allow yourself to be lulled into a false sense of security. Yes, the police and the FBI, they're all, uh, you know, they're all watching. But they can't be everywhere. You have to be the first line of defense for your family, your home, your community. I know that I take it seriously. Unlike uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, I take it seriously. And let me tell you how seriously. I am armed and extremely dangerous. Don't forget that after me is Eric Erickson, and then Joe Paggs, then Lars Larson, and then it will be the beginning of the Thanksgiving Day holiday. People will be in the kitchens doing their things, and uh, most of us will have shows that are either you know best of tapes or, in my case, a special Thanksgiving special for you. And then I, I'll be here on Friday. So, But for right now, I have one segment left today. Stay right where you are. Participate in the uh, Black Friday craziness that goes on, but I do have family members that do that, and I always watch them. Um, I don't know. To me, it's it's crazy. But I remember that when I had little kids, sometimes you had to do crazy stuff. The years, oh gosh, this really does age everybody. When the um, what were they? The Cabbage Patch dolls came out, people were like selling black market Cabbage Patch dolls. Or they, weren't, they were real Cabbage Patch dolls, but instead of going to like Toys R Us, which still existed back then, they were selling them out of the trunk of their car on Sample Road, you know? And you'd line up and you'd pay cash for, you know, a Cabbage Patch kid doll. I remember the first year that Pokemon got really big. One of my grandkids got into Pokemon and it was like, you're going to have to... Get online at Target or Walmart at three o'clock in the morning just to maybe be able to get the Pokemon thing, whatever it was, the little cards that they wanted. So you do that kind of stuff for kids, but me, 
shop on Black Friday. If I can't get it online, I ain't getting it. This is not happening. I can't even imagine. I, I had to stop at the store today on my way back to my house. By the way, I was in the Broward County Courthouse this morning. Um, I, I, I had been, I had to testify. And it was pretty empty. The courthouse was pretty empty. There weren't a lot of things on the docket from what I could tell. But the area downtown, the traffic was crawling. And I'm watching people like who have literally waited until now to make sure that they get whatever it is they're going to need. Now, I understand buying last-minute items, but I'm talking about I saw people like at the store where I was, which was a, um, a, a Publix. Oh, no, Bravo. It was a Bravo supermarket. There were people with shopping carts full that looked like they hadn't even thought about Thanksgiving until today, which is pretty crazy. You know, my producer just told me he's had his turkey soaking in brine all day. You know, most of us have prepared. You know, I, I'm just making some appetizers and, and, and desserts, and I, I didn't even bake. I got called my wonderful bakery over here at the local Publix where they make this awesome red velvet cheesecake and a banana cream pie thing, whatever. And everybody's going to be very happy that I didn't bake because most of the time when I bake... Things look a little funky. <laughs> I don't know. Stuff just collapses on itself. But, so why bother when I can get some delicious stuff at the bakery? So I do want to wish you all a safe Thanksgiving. But keep your head on a swivel. No matter where you go, no matter what you're doing, there are two things you want to avoid. One thing is you want to avoid being in a vulnerable situation. In other words, if you got your hands, arms full of packages, you're a target. You're a victim waiting to happen. So be mindful of that kind of stuff. And the second thing I want to, you know, caution you, and I do this every year, and I wish I didn't have to, but I do. We're supposed to get together and just love on, our, uh, on each other. So you don't have to have that heavy political conversation. I'm going to avoid the heavy one. I will say once, I always say once, I'm going to refrain from explaining to all of you why you should be supporting Donald Trump. But I will be. And that's it. I'm done. Everybody knows where I stand. I know where they stand. We're not doing it anymore. A lot of stores will be open even on Thanksgiving Day. feel sorry for the employees. And then, of course, so many stores will be open on Friday for this Black Friday nonsense. If you don't have to shop on those days, stay home. Do yourself a favor and don't get jostled around by crowds, okay? Um, and not that I'm the biggest proponent of Jeff Bezos and his multi-million dollar empire, but there's hardly anything you cannot get on Amazon and have it delivered. So I thank you for your time this time. Until next time. And my plan is to be back here. You'll hear me tomorrow at 3 o'clock, and then I'll be back here at 3 o'clock on Friday, if it be his will and he delays his coming. Remember, what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And then as always, be thankful 
for the fact that you are living in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Thank a police officer, a soldier today. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.